Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Kevin Vanderput. If you don't know me, my name is Kevin. Sharon and I, my wife, we lead the congregation here in Burgess Hill. If it's your first time here, welcome. We're so happy that you can make it and that we can spend this time together. Isn't it great to just spend time worshiping God just freely with space there just to express ourselves to God? It's so good. So good. So great to be here. Very looking forward to it. How many of you were uh, there for a church in the home last week? Hands up. Yes. If you don't know, we, are, we do things a bit differently here. We meet some weeks here. We meet some weeks in homes. And last week, we had three homes open. And let me tell you, three homes were full. Uh, so that's great. We had three homes packed up. So it's really amazing. A few more weeks like that, and we'll have to open a fourth home on a Sunday in the home, which is great news. So this is a, a, a selfish plug. If you want to host church in the home, feel free to come and talk to me, and we'll make you sure you get on the schedule. But uh, it's a great way to, um, to just spend time together in the Lord's presence as well. Um, if you remember... Last week, Pastor Jonathan from the Worthing Congregation shared about servanthood and the heart of a servant and the importance of serving and all of that. And the week before, we were here in the building and I was speaking and I shared about uh, seeking and saving the lost, right? For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost and also about the importance of church in the home, the why behind it, why do we do what we do and the importance of opening our home to those who don't know God just yet. And today we're going to build, hopefully, on some of that. Ooh, this is quite close to me, actually. I might move forward a bit so I get excited and then I'll make all of this fall, which is not good. We don't want that. Today we're hopefully going to build on some of that on the past few weeks. Uh, And uh, today's message is titled, Out of the Overflow. Can you say overflow with me? Overflow. Let's try that again. Can you say overflow with me? Overflow. All right, some excitement in the room. I love it. Um, Now, what does that mean first and why are we talking about that? Uh, Those are two questions that I will hopefully answer as we go about today. Uh, But first, let's tackle the why do we talk about that today. Um, As a church, if you don't know, we have what we we call the discipleship pathway. For those who are doing GROW right now, we will have talked about this together in our home. Um, But that discipleship pathway is made of four steps. And Trev, if you can bring that up, look at that. Uh, It looks good. We have the first step, know God, and then live in freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. And what is a discipleship pathway? Well, we are all called to be disciples of Jesus. So we shape our lives, and every step we take, every thought we have, we try to shape it after the life of Jesus. And the discipleship pathway is based on what Jesus did with his own disciple. He says, come with me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me and I will make you, make you fishers of men, right? And in, the, in that sentence, we find those four steps. Come, know God, follow me, live in freedom, and I will make you fishers of men. In that, you find your purpose and you make a difference. And today, I want to focus on that fourth step, making a difference. And if you look at it, at those four steps, you can think, well, the fourth one is really the only one that is outwardly focused, right? The first three are pretty much about me. I know God, I get to live in freedom, and then I discover my purpose, unless you, it's a bit cyclical. So 
Later on, you use those four steps to make a difference in someone else's life, right? Help others to know God, to live in freedom, and to make a difference. But at first, those three steps will be about you. And the fourth one, making a difference, is the only one that is mainly outwardly focused. And it can be a bit scary, maybe. Like, how am I going to make a difference in the lives of people, in anyone else's life? And the truth is that we all have something to give. We all have a difference we can make in the lives of others. John 15, 16 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, my Father will give it to you. Now, part of the fruit that we are called to bear as people chosen by God is what we give out to others. It's in giving and giving out, living out of the overflow that we change the lives of those around us. So you and I, all of you are called to bear fruit. How awesome is that? That we have a purpose to impact the lives of those around us with the life that God has placed within you. And so we want to make a difference to the world's over here in Burgess Hill, all around you, your family, your friends, your neighborhood, everything that is around us. But how do we do that? We do that by living out of the overflow. So now that we know why we're looking at it, because we want to make a difference and all that, we're going to look at what does living out of the overflow mean. And exactly, there's, uh, there's actually many verses. I'm, I'm kind of looking at my notes and I'm surprised of how many verses I've put in there. But it's great. The word is great. It's truth. So we're going to go through it. But uh, there's many verses that speak about the overflow. And um, the main one we're going to use is found in Luke 6, 45. And I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. You can just listen out for it. It goes like this. People are known in this same way. Out of the virtue stored in their heart, good and upright people will produce good fruit. Likewise, out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. I like that last sentence. Well, all of it is good, but I particularly like that last sentence. For the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. God wants each of us to be able to live out of that overflow. That what is stored in our heart will come out and hopefully bear fruit. Will be heard in our words. Will be seen through our actions. God wants each of us to be able to live out of that overflow every single day. As we cultivate that life that he has given us. What is stored inside of our hearts, of our hearts matters. And we want God's life to flow out of it. And so there's other verses. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 10, 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Some other translation says, So that it overflows. 
And so we see that in the Bible, this theme of overflowing with the life of God is everywhere. But actually, can you notice, if you notice in those last two verses I read, the action always resides only with God, right? It's God that fills us with peace and joy as we trust in him. It's God that comes so that we may have life and have it to the full. So our responsibility is not everything in this moment. God comes and fills us, gives us the life. Our responsibility lies with making space, right? Making space to make sure the filling can happen. I have come that you may have life. God fills us and our part is to make sure the space is there to let it happen. See, he's the source of all things. It's how we can make a difference. The only way we can start making a difference, the only way we can start thinking about seeking and saving the lost or having an influence on the world is by coming to the source and receiving from God every day. Matthew 6.33, most of you will know, is a very famous verse. It says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So how do we get filled by God? How do we make space? Well, when we do make space, we spend time seeking him. We seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And we've seen that verse, uh, that, that word seeking, Right, a few weeks ago with the seek and save what was lost. And now we see it in the context of seeking God himself, his kingdom, who he is. God calls us to continually seek him, seek his face. Because without that, we cannot begin, as I said, to even think about seeking the lost and everything else. What is the most important is allowing God to pour his life into us. First Chronicles 16, 11 says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. So if we are called to seek his face and seek him, isn't that a bit counterproductive maybe or counter whatever to the idea that actually, well, God is everywhere, right? He's omnipresent. His presence is always there, right? He also said that he will never leave us or forsake us. So what's with this seeking that we need to do? If God is always around, if God is there, if he promises never to leave us, how come there is this seeking that is needed, well, the word, word, word seek there that is being used, it implies a setting of the mind and heart, a conscious fixing of our mind, our hearts, our thoughts, everything that we are on him. So yes, there's an element of God's presence that is always around. This promise is true that he will never leave us or forsake us. But there's an element of God's conscious, manifest, trusted presence that is only to be found when we Seek him. When we set our minds on him, allowing, uh, not allowing any of the distractions to take our thoughts away, this is only found when we are truly there with him. And he reveals himself, speak, download, pour out his love, his peace, everything that he is, his boldness, his courage, everything that we might need in those moments when we make space to seek him. And that is why there is such a verse as Matthew, 6, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. It says, you'll know it, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. See, as we shut that door, as we shut that door, we go into our room, whatever room you use 
Sharon used to use a bathroom at one step of our lives because we used to live with other people, so we only had a room, and she would go lock herself in the bathroom and just spend time with God there. But she would shut that door to anything else, all the noise, all the distraction, anything of the world. And in that environment, in the intimacy of that room, she would spend time with the Lord. I would do the same thing in our room. We are called to seek the Lord, and he seeks us out as well. It's a two-way thing. How exciting is that? God longs to spend that time with us, longs for that intimacy with us. It's not only a one-way street. God is actually calling us out. And once it's like a father with his children, right? His heart goes out to us like, hey, son, daughter, come. Spend time with me. I have things to tell you. I want to show you my love. I want to reveal things of my heart to you. How exciting that we have a God that is so big, so wonderful, so mighty, as we were saying there, but as well so close so real, so intimate that he wants to be with each and every one of us every day. It's fascinating. I love it. So we want to be filled with that life from God afresh every day. And in that beautiful exchange, as we make some space and seek him, we learn a great principle that we can never outgive God. We can never outgive God. As we give of ourselves to him, he always gives back and pours into us. But he always gives more abundantly than we can ever imagine because God is so good. Thank you, Lord. That deserves an amen. Thank you, Trevor's on it. God is so good. Here's another verse, John 15, 5 to 8. We've said this is the year, 2022, where we bring physical Bibles back, right? I've been relying on my phone because it's just easy. We bring physical Bibles back. So if you want to turn to John 15, 5 to 8, there's just a few verses, but we are bringing physical Bibles back. So we're going to read it from there. John 15, verse 5 to 8, very famous verses as well. It's titled in my Bible, Jesus, the true vine. And it says, verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches gather up and are thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is for my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, proving yourselves to be my disciples. He is the vine. We are the branches. Branches draw life from the vine, right? Branches that are not attached to the vine are bound to die eventually because they cannot get the life that they need. But as we remain in him, he remains in us. His words remain in us. His life remains in us. And we bear much fruit. So living out of the overflow happens by seeking God, putting him first in our lives. Because everything I do publicly is a sum of everything that I do privately, right? The way I spend my life, every action I take, every thought I have, every word that comes out of my mouth is a sum of what I do privately, of how my time is spent. And we have to be digging that well of our relationship with God daily. It isn't simply enough with everything that life throws at us daily to come on a Sunday, receive a good word and live off of that during the week or or maybe have the alert on our phone for the verse of the day, right? 
30 seconds with God because we are too busy. Do you know what the average week of an adult looks like today? It's quite crazy. We have some slates because I did my homework and I spent some time putting it together. And um, there's a famous pastor in the state, Craig Rochelle, here. He actually used this illustration and I thought it was actually a powerful visual to see how weeks are spent. But if you look at this, this is your week. Uh, It might not look like that in reality, but it's an illustration. There's 168 hours in our week, right? 24 hours in a day times seven, quick maths, 168 hours in a week. Now, actually, most people, this is simplified, right? So take it with, with, you know, don't think, oh, that's not exactly what my week looks. No, it's not. But you get the idea. So 168 hours, actually, on average, a third of that time for people will be spent sleeping, right? Because we have to sleep, otherwise we can't get up in the morning because we run out of juice, right? So that's a big chunk of time already gone while sleeping. Another third of that time will either be spent at work or at school or at uni or whatever you are doing. So that is a big chunk of our time as well gone. See, more than half already gone. Then did you know that actually the average adult today spends 17 and a half hours on social media. Now, how crazy is this? So you have the next one, social media. But you might be thinking, well, I don't do social media. I don't have even social media. I'm sure there's a hobby, something that you like to spend your time with. Maybe you go out running, cycling. Maybe you go on walks. Maybe, I don't know what else you do. Maybe you just like to read. Maybe whatever else you can do, that's your hobby. That's those 17 odd hours spent doing that, which again is a big chunk of our time. And then there's other stuff, right? Depending on where you are in life, you're driving the kids around, you, uh, you are eating, you are whatever, you are taking a shower, going food, grocery shopping, just wandering about, you are doing all the other stuff, right? I'm sure whatever it is, there's other stuff in there. And if you look, by that time, all of our week is gone, and wait, there's one little hour left there. All right, we're Christians, right? There must be God somewhere. Here's God, that little white, that little white hour there. And of course, I'm sure our weeks don't exactly look like that. My point being by illustrating all of that is how quickly actually our time can get sucked in by so much stuff. And the thing is, we can't live out of the overflow By giving God the very last hours of our week, it doesn't work like that. As we make God the priority, whenever in the day that is, whatever point you might find, again, different seasons for different people, but as we seek him, seek his will, seek his face, we shut the door, spend time worshiping him or reading the word or just receiving, praying, crying, I don't know what you do. We draw everything that we need in those moments for the other hundred odd hours of our week. And suddenly as we do that, we don't only shut the door once that time is done and walk out, but God walks out the rest of those hours with us. We learn to walk with God, walk in step with the Holy Spirit, the word says, in that prompting, you know, listening, watching out for what God wants us to do. God suddenly is permeating, permitting, permitting, you know the word I mean, goes through all of those hours of our weeks. God wants to be part of our lives, moves with us, speak with us, to us, through us, be with us in every way 
possible. I want to give you another illustration really quick. Sorry, I'm messing up everything. Um, I need a table, and I didn't realize how heavy this table was. Um, this is very simple stuff, because um, I'm a simple man, and you'll probably have seen this before. I wish I had a bigger thing, but I didn't find anything bigger, so we're going to go with this. But if you imagine that this is us, you are the panda glass. Look at that. Um, you are the little panda, and this represents us, right? And this is the life pouring out for God, from God. So as we seek him, as we search him, as we spend time with him, you know, he fills us with that life until we start overflowing, right? We start overflowing. And notice how when we overflow, right, the first area impacted is the one around the glass first, and then the water keeps going around, right? So as we spend time with God, we overflow with his life. God pours everything that we need and more in us. 2 Corinthians 9.8, again, this is out of the Passion Translation, says, yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, in every way. He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing that you do. So this is exactly what happens as we take that verse to the letter. We spend in time with God, worshiping him like we were doing this morning, giving of ourselves to him. And he's pouring that life, that life that has everything we need inside of it. The courage, the boldness, the wisdom, the answers to every question. And everything overflows. But once it overflows... It isn't about us anymore, right? Because what comes out of that glass doesn't relate to me as such, right? It goes out of me. So it starts being about everybody else, everybody around us. Remember, the first thing we looked at was those discipleship pathway and the fourth step, making a difference. So let's think about this in a real-life example, right? I, I wish we had a giant pool where we could all go in for me to illustrate this. But let's imagine, right, that we are the glass and that this is a giant pool of some, some kind and I'm going to be that glass with the panda being filled by God. And if I can get some of you to stand up, like Matt, if you stand up. Finney, do you want to stand up? Tom, do you want to stand up? Is that all right? You standing up, great. Thank you, Rob. That's great initiative. I love it. So look, at the end of the day, once that life starts overflowing out of me, right? As you saw, the water first spread here and then all around. So it's going to start touching other people around me. And the more of that time I spend, the more I overflow. First, obviously, Matt is the closest to me. So he's going to be impacted somehow by that life. Then Vinny, then Tom, then Rob, because the water keeps going out in that illustration, right? So suddenly our lives start impacting the people closest to us, but everyone around us. He might be a family member, a colleague, a friend, the guy at Tesco, I don't know, but our life starts impacting people around us. Rob, new job, you're working at Tesco now, how great is that? Uh, thanks guys, you can sit down, you get my point. As we spend time at his feet, God fills us, pours his life into us. Every form of grace, the, the, words, the word says, 2 Corinthians 9a, every form of grace so that we will have more than enough of everything, every moment, in every way. How good is this? He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing that you do. See, the other thing, though, there's a catch. It goes both ways. 
The moment that we stop seeking God, the moment that that time isn't coming in, then their life isn't poured in. And at one point, we will stop overflowing with that life, right? So if I'm the glass again, and the people that are closest to me, they will be the first impacted by that fact that, you know, that time isn't there, that life isn't pouring out. It's important to keep this thing in place because it affects everyone around us as well. See, this week was a tough one for me. It's a bit of a a season that we're in that is quite demanding, actually, on me, just physically, mentally, everything that is going on. And so I, I found myself by Tuesday, I think, which is very early on in the week, very tired, very just physically done. And so I started sleeping in longer a bit. But you know what? The day still starts at the same time. The day is not moving with me, right? So as I start sleeping longer, there's just less time in the middle before 9 a.m. hits and I need to be at work or whatever you got going on. I'm sure there's deadlines and things where, you know, time when things start. And so the first thing that got affected as I started sleeping longer in the morning, it started chipping away at my time with God. At that time that I was putting away, shutting the door, just seeking him and letting that life come in so that I overflow so that I'm already with the life of God in my day. And the days were still busy, right? The days didn't change. Only what I did and my priorities and how I spent my time changed. But the days were still busy. Things still happened. Frustration still built. There was still too much going on. And I forgot this. And I didn't do this right. And suddenly, I'm starting to be shorter. I'm starting in my answers. I'm starting to get frustrated. All of those emotions are there. And you know who gets impacted first? The people closest to the glass, right? That's Sharon. That's Pris for me. They're the two people that live with me. They have to deal with me 24-7, right? And suddenly, they must have looked at each other the first day thinking, well, what's his problem today, right? Like, what's gotten into him? Second day, they must have thought, well, we need some sort of intervention over here because things are not going right. But the things of life will always try to take over in one way or another And we are simply not the best people, or at least, let's speak for myself only, I'm not the best person to be around when I haven't had that time seeking God, letting him pour afresh into me. And it's not like God, you know, comes out of me and comes back in me. God is always there, but I need daily, right? God, give us today our daily bread. We need to draw that life, everything that we need, every second of every day in God. And so people that our lives touched are blessed as a result, right? That they are blessed, that they are blessed by our words, by our actions, by our character, by everything that we do. And God, as I spend time again, God influences then again those 168 hours of our week, not just the few hours that are left. He influences our whole day, our whole week. We live out of the overflow. He gives us every single thing that we need. Because God's a good God and he wants us to thrive, to to enjoy life, not just to survive or to barely make it to the end of the week. God wants to give us everything that we need. And a perfect example of that, I don't know if I shared that a few weeks ago, but it's still stuck with me, so I'm going to share it again if I did. And Trev, I'm sorry, I hope this doesn't embarrass you. I think we are way past that in our relationship. But 
Two weeks ago, we were here in the building, and, um, and it was going to be a bit of a one-man show for the sake of just circumstances. I was going to lead the prayer. I was going to uh, then host the service and preach, just circumstances. And so I'm running about, and I'm stressed out, and I'm doing everything that needs to be done. And I'm trying to think, Lord, what is going to happen, and how is everything going to go? And the, the prayer meeting's about to start, and Trev comes up to me, and he's like, hey, I can see you got a lot going on. How about I lead the prayer meeting? In that moment, I was like, well, what just happened? This is great. Yeah, awesome. Trip, you got something. And he goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Colossians 2, I think it was. He says, God has been speaking to me about that. I'm just going to read that out. And then it's going to be great. I'm like, great, do it. And he just, in that moment, it was just so simple. But he just read out the scripture. People started praying. And I just stood back and I was like, God, you're so good. You take care of us in every way. But what was happening in that moment? It isn't about Trevor, really. It is about God pouring his life into him. Trevor was living out of the overflow. And I happened to be one of the person around him that was touched and blessed by what was happening in him, by what God was doing in him at that time. And let me tell you what, God wants to do that in all of us. He wants to use that time, use us in every way possible to be a blessing to the people around us, to make a difference we want to make space for God to do what he wants to do through us every single day so I was really thankful and really blessed and for Trevor he probably didn't think twice about it since then but I've been standing back day after day and I'm like you know what this was so good it was such a blessing thank you Jesus Um, because God is good like that God is good like that And our lives have looked, as I said uh, a few minutes ago, quite different over the past few weeks uh, for us at home. And some of you will know this, but there's no better time as any, so we'll choose today. But there's an announcement in our house. Uh, Sharon's pregnant. So there you go. Um, (laughs) Sharon's pregnant. And... uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't have the best um, ways of announcing stuff, so it just generally comes out at some point, and we have to deal with it, right? So Sharon's pregnant, yes. Okay, we're very excited, but actually, it's meant that the last few weeks haven't been really easy on us. Sharon's been actually really struggling from a physical point of view, having a tough time. She hasn't had only morning sickness. She had all day, all night sickness. I didn't know that was a thing. Sometimes I walk in with food. She starts gagging, and I'm like, okay, I'll go eat in the kitchen. It's very interesting dynamic, that's it, you follow it, in the house, sometimes words just don't come out. Um, But my my point in telling you this, there is a purpose to it, is that obviously she wasn't feeling great and she's not been feeling great, but she's been a champion through it all. And obviously she's growing a baby that's going to be the most beautiful, cutest thing ever. No offense to any other baby. Isaac, you're my favorite one so far. Don't worry, buddy. But as I've seen her struggle through that, and I've, I've watched her just adapt and, and struggle, and you know, we, we get to do what we do every week and every day in our job. Sharon is not someone that doesn't love her job. She loves her job. Like every Monday morning, I would come back from all our meetings. She'd be like, what did people say? Catch me up. What did I miss? I want to know what happened in Crowley. What happened in Worthing? What's going on? And I'm like, I just came out of a four-hour meeting. What is going on? But, you know, there is that joy, that, that, that love for what we get to do every day. And so it's been frustrating and challenging in some ways for her. But I've watched her feeling better 
better or feeling worse or whatever, drag herself to the couch every morning and put some worship on and close the door and just rest there in God's presence. Now, her condition didn't always allow for her, for her to just, you know, have a deep time of intercession right now. We even read the word at some point, but she would be there in God's presence. And I've been taken back by, by that because the commitment to God and the commitment to the priority that it is, and it's not easy. I've been in places where I haven't been well either um, at some points in my life, and it's really not easy. And maybe you're in a place where life feels overwhelming and things are trying to take over, and it would be so easy to let some things go, right? Like I did this week at some point. But let me tell you, the best thing you can do is somehow to find some space to sit down and receive from God because He has everything that you need to give to you. Everything that you could want or wish for and you can just receive it there in that moment, in God's presence. In God's presence, we get everything that we need and more. God in this season is calling us to a greater place of intimacy. I don't know about you, but just everything that has been going on in life, there's more and more stuff happening, more and more stuff being thrown at us. And if you have a job and kids and whatever, not saying any of those things are wrong, but there's so much going on. God is calling us to a greater place of intimacy, saying, hey, if you want to handle all of that and thrive, there is one way. I have an unlimited amount of life to pour into you. It will never run out. Just keep coming and let me pour that life into you. All right, my example's over because I've run out of water, but God doesn't. You get my point. In order for us to make a difference to even think about the other side of the coin, the lost, etc. To seek and save the lost, to have an impact on our family. In order for me to be the best husband, the best father, the best friend, the best pastor, the best everything, I need to go to that place because there's no way out of myself that I have everything I need to carry all of those things and to make all of those things happen. But through God's grace... By coming to the source of life, by digging that well. You know, he is the well of life. If you drink from me, you will never thirst again, the word says, right? So I never have to worry about being thirsty, about lacking anything. God said to us a few weeks ago, you don't need any wisdom of yourself. Just draw from me. I got all the wisdom that you need. And for me, that's such a huge relief because I don't always know how to handle life, how to answer questions and conversations, how to do. But God is going to provide everything. Everything that you need in every moment, we need to get more intimate with God. Give him the best hours of our week. And I'm not, I'm not saying that is an easy task to do, but I want to encourage us this morning in one way or another, even if it's just turning on worship and sitting there, drawing all the, uh, uh, pushing all of the distraction aside and just resting in God's presence. Maybe that's reading the word a bit more. Maybe it looks like just praying things out a bit more. Whatever it is, we want to come to a greater place of intimacy with God so that we can live out of the overflow in our lives. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to finish by praying for us, if that's okay. Um, so you can just close your eyes. and, Father, I just thank you. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for your word. I thank you for just everything that you do for us daily. 
that we don't even realize is going on, that we are not even aware of. Father, I thank you that you have designed life. You know exactly what we need to do, what we don't need to do, what we need to spend our time on. Father, there is grace to be found for everything that we need to do in life. And that grace is found in you. That life is found in you, Lord. And I pray that you would help us, show us, each and every one of us, how to apply this word in our lives, in our own setting. Father, I'm so aware that we all live busy life to a certain extent. And I don't like that word busy because we're trying to get out of busy. But Father, I know that life can take over so easily. Lord, help us to always find time for you. To dig deeper. To come to that source of life so that we can be a blessing to those around us. Father, you're calling us to make a difference. You have declared that this is a year of salvation, that this is a year where this town and this church and your body is going to move forward and people are going to get to know you and kingdom faith will be a church where people are drawn to God every single day. Father, for all of those things to happen, we as the ones that already know you need to live out of that place of overflow. And the only way for us to do that is come and join from the well. Get our daily bread from you. Help us, Lord, in our next steps, whatever that looks like, to get there. Father, I thank you because in all of this, there is no condemnation. I don't want any of this to come as a way of, well, I haven't been spending time with God. Well, I haven't been doing that. I'm guilty of that myself sometimes. But, Father, there is grace. There is mercy. This is an encouraging word to just take our next steps with you. Just because you are so loving and so kind and so giving, you just want and long for all that time to be spent with us. Lord, we just give it all into your hands. And we thank you for the journey that you have us on. Father, thank you that today is another building block upon last week and the week before, upon every prayer meeting and everything that you are doing in us. And we keep journeying with you ahead. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you are doing in us and through us. Pray that everyone here would have the most blessed week, spending time with you and just doing whatever they do in the 168 hours of the week. But Father, I thank you that it would be a blessing to them and that as a result, they would be a blessing to others around them. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.